I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional custodians of this land on which this podcast is recorded. I would also like to pay respect to the Wurundjeri elders past and present and extend this respect to any other Aboriginal or Torres Strait people from other communities who are listening today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Connecting to Childhood 98. Hiya, you're listening to Child of 98. It says here, and I know it's been a while, um, but I have two episodes coming out this week. The one you're listening to now, and of course, another one coming up, coming up. It's brewing, it's brewing, it's cooking up. I'm very excited. Um, Today, this is an interview with Gabby Bolt. I mean, definite like good vibes online from her, but talking to her was just such a bloody pleasure i mean what an absolute start very cool very chill um yeah really loved it and i mean let's just get into it let's just fucking get into it all right let's start this one off okay you're listening to child of 98 it says here obviously um mate 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 we've got a bloody beautiful guest here today we've got Gabby Bolt, yes, she's a young singer-songwriter from Bathurst, New South Wales, which is also fun because I'm from the Blue Mountains. I fucking played netball against Bathurst. I know what's up. I know what's going on. She's composed songs about learning, love, and loss, and most recently diving more into musical comedy, but she's also written an absolute tearjerker, which she chucked on TikTok when Ratatouille the musical was brewing up, and then next minute this song blows up and her song is now a part of a musical which was live streamed internationally hello broadway huge broadway names were involved hello how are you going and just to top it off you've done some brilliant political tiktoks as well which i mean come on man we love to see it and as well now you're all up in the chaser like fucking calm down okay how are you feeling gabby uh, like I'm living the world's most specific fever dream. <laughs> yeah. Like. Pretty niche. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening, but somehow it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a lot. Um, especially like, yeah, I feel like the last year for you has been pretty, uh, pretty, you know, I was about to say problematic, yeah. but I meant to say productive. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. So problematic. Um, Problematic for my trait of laziness, for sure. Um, But killer. No, it's it's yeah. It's been absolutely insane. How does it like feel seeing your career blossom in a way that maybe you wouldn't have expected, but you're also like, fuck yeah. Uh. I think the 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 thing uh, the thing I've sort of been studying starting to sort of grapple is like I don't think I projected any of those things happening as they were happening so like I find it really hard to not constantly just be thinking and what will happen now um yeah so you definitely didn't manifest this if you did it's really specific and I fucking yeah and it's so funny because like even just the other day I was lying awake at night with one of those horrible like I can't believe that happened to me moments where it's like Ratatouille's cool in the moment 
felt really normal. Like it just yeah. felt And then looking back on it now, you just kind of think, what the fuck? Like it's, it's just the weirdest thing to have been a part of. It's amazing. And I've made genuine friends from it, but it's just mm. like, I don't get, yeah, I was doing all my work last year from Bathurst, which is just like, it's my hometown as well. So mm. I was born there, grew up there. Nothing really happens there, uh, yeah. for lack of a better <laughs> word, on a worldwide sort of scale. <laughs> Hail. Um, so yeah, very bizarre. Very, very, very bizarre. Were people in Bathurst like, yo, what's going on here? Like, this is a lot. <laughs> a lot, like obviously like my friends and my family were. Um, but the funny thing about Bathurst is like, if you walk down the streets of Bathurst and you're from Bathurst, people are more likely to recognize you because they babysat you once True. rather than recognize you <laughs> for anything <laughs> that you went viral for online. A lot of people in Bathurst don't really, you know, care that much. You think um, but you it talk was great. shit now, you're not. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Kiss <laughs> 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 you humble. Uh, but yeah, I, I was a teacher last year, so I definitely had some students. Uh, raise their eyebrows at me as they came for lessons, Ooh. which was fun. No, true. I, I think yeah. they'll definitely be getting into that. Um, I would say I kind of I did a little bit of research. I'm not going to lie. I did a bit of stalking. Ah, um, okay. Comedy is like not something that I think like that from what I can see you were kind of doing and then you've kind of fallen into like musical comedy how does that feel like gravitating towards that kind of musical comedy vibe? It's really funny because I felt like I've, it's really, really interesting to me because for so long, like in my late teens and my early twenties, which I'm still in, I don't know why I'm acting like I'm 45 all of a sudden, but uh, <laughs> in my, yeah, in my late teens, I really was like, no, I want to be a serious musician. But there was always, always a part of me at gigs that would ruin that. Like <laughs> every performance I've ever done of my actual songs or like covers or whatever, I'm always cracking jokes. Like I, my mm. banter is never planned and I'm always taking the piece out of myself. Because otherwise, like that was, I think, my coping mechanism because I started performing at around 11, 12 years old. Mm. And it's not like anyone really gives you a handbook at 11 or 12 in a country no, town yeah. on like, what to do and I, you know I, I had piano lessons growing up but not really like it was classical so I quit at 15 so I really like nobody <laughs> was really around to be like here's how to perform you kind of just sort of did as many gigs as you could and my way of yeah coping with the nerves mm. that I always felt was like <laughs> just if you take the piss out of yourself no one else can so <laughs> just so, that yeah, country and, vibe like yeah a hundred percent and so it trained me up really good for comedy because you get heckled even just as a musician in pubs like Hell if you yeah. play in pubs people will throw requests at you they'll say stuff to you and, it's <laughs> your, and for me yeah <laughs> And so what I used to do, I loved that. Cause like if somebody requested Wonderwall, I'd play it, but I'd play it as like a ballad. <laughs> He's like, like well, I control this shit, man. Exactly. Oh, um, wow. So so I think the comedy thing, and, and it's really funny. Cause like, whilst I didn't play comedy until this year or write it even, um, I've been absorbing musical comedy my entire life. And I always mm. felt in my original songs, even with some of the songs on my EP, it's like, I always just felt like people didn't take them seriously enough because I couldn't resist throwing like a snippy line in or a comedic line in. And I was like, well, that's me. Like I crack jokes, that's my life. Like I do that. Um, and so, but now it's great because I'm meant to be doing that. So now I'm trying yeah. to hear the other way of like, how do I make it funnier? 
um, which is the struggle. Because, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, there's no real, again, in country regional towns, it's not like, it's a lot easier to be a muso in a country town than it is to be a comedian. There's no <laughs> yeah. regular money. If you for make comedians. like a personal joke, it's like, I probably, this guy might be here at the pub yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, and it wasn't like they were like paying uh, comedic nights you could do, whereas there was always like gigs. You could always do gigs. So mm. it was really, yeah. So I've kind of very much fallen into it, but I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest, because I just feel a lot more, oh, I've actually meant to be doing this more definitely um i saw like in an article someone kind of comparing you to like tim minchin and flight of the concords how does that feel because that's like whoa hello how are you yeah well i mean tim minchin is the one that people hear him a lot in my music and rightfully so because i mean he was the first musician i ever saw live oh wow cool which is so unconventional and my mother hates that i tell this story in every interview but it's basically like <laughs> i was listening to tim at like 12 13 which i shouldn't have been i absolutely <laughs> should not have been listening to him at that point um <sighs> but i loved him so so much and i showed him to my whole family and i can't believe my mother rather than being horrified at songs such as 10 foot cock and a few hundred virgins and others <laughs> Yeah. Um, instead out, of mom. like, yeah, great, great, Michelle. I love that for you. Um, instead of, yeah, instead of like censoring me from it, she let me kind of, she found it really funny too. And so I think, you know, when I was 14, she bought tickets to the Sydney Symphony Tim Minchin show for oh, Christmas wow. for me. And, yeah. and that was, and that was my first concert ever. And so... I don't know, I've always loved Tim. I've always loved uh, Tripod. I've recently gotten into Jude Pearl, an incredible, incredible mm. Australian musical female comedian. Mm. Um, and her stuff is just amazing. And I think it's just, yeah, I'm just now, I'm on the hunt for more and more diverse musical comedians. Because mm. the one thing I would like to change about the musical comedy scene is that there's just so many men. <laughs> Honestly, and I was talking to Leonardo Sunshine about that because I've just I started love doing Leonardo. such a bloody blessing to this country. What a champion. Such a champion. God, he's cool. Do you want to know a really funny story about him, actually? Yeah, sure. We had a Zoom chat once, and I don't know if this was ever proven, and Leonardo, if he ever listens to this, will probably be like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> but we, I think, competed in an Estetford together. Oh my gosh. Playing piano when we were really little, like in Bathurst, because he's originally oh. from Dubbo. Oh, and yeah, I think, yeah. And I think he was saying to me that he thinks that we were in a section together oh at the Stepford one time, of all places. <sighs> That's How so crazy. Yeah, he's like a gong boy. And I'm like, yeah. dude, Blue Mountains. And then I saw you were from Bathurst and I was like, out of Sydney, greater Sydney. What the fuck is up? We're just killing because this Because we are shit. so, we are so bored. All yeah, the time. we're literally <laughs> so bored. Um, but yeah, I was talking to Leo about it because I've just started doing musical comedy and I've definitely, oh, thank you so much. I've been doing comedy for a while, but I used to, oh. similar, I used to do songwriting and then mm. I kind of like started writing songs and then I was kind of realizing I was like this shit is like not that emotional it's kind of like a bit intense um but yeah talking to Leo about it I was like um love musical comedy 
but one of the things is and I will say I think it's great Tim Minchin is great and I think Incredible. it is a great inspiration but also when I saw that reference in the article I was like well she's like you know a female comedian playing piano that's a pretty easy like oh well that's like Tim Minchin it's like well actually maybe there's yeah. like no other like there's a really small amount of females playing piano and doing comedy and now like yes. I, if you looked at like an international worldwide like musical comedy thing you wouldn't be like Tim Minchin but it's like I do yeah. think the musical comedy scene definitely could use some sprucing up uh, a bit it's, of bit of it's, yeah it's, it's it's often like I often get yeah Tim Minchin and Bo Burnham both great comparisons mm. but yeah I do agree with you where it's like you make funny jokes behind a keyboard and you're one of those two guys yeah and no that's what I thought because I was like oh okay kind of similar but also like completely yeah. not the same at all um like yeah. I did when my first musical comedy gig I did like I play guitar and someone was like that's like flight of the concords I was like well of not course. really that's two kiwi guys singing about like mother uckers and I'm yeah. singing about like getting my period and a guy yeah. kicking me out of his house so it's probably yep. not the same that sounds but... like a great song by the way yeah true story <laughs> true oh story. that's traumatic Ooh. yeah well most of mine are based on on things that really happened exactly too. speaking of that really... um oh yes go sorry sorry no but no go cut me off I definitely <laughs> I as well because I talked to Sam Andrew and I saw her show Melbourne Comedy Festival I saw that I you saw her. her as well um yeah and great I'm like musical actual like cabaret musical comedy coming out but like there's yes. so many like people Gen Z like millennial vibes that are ready to kind of get in there and I think it's like the opportunities are really like it's really hard to find opportunities to get out there and i one thing i've noticed is a lot of people are like oh hey here's tiktok and then everyone's like oh why are there all these talented people in tiktok and i was like well maybe there's no other space at the moment to kind of get out there and um i think yeah that's interesting because now you're going doing the chaser like how how does that feel um getting that opportunity and like how did you get into that did you just like apply it, for it it was the most random job i have ever gotten because i was actually working literally up until i got that chaser job at a really really brilliant um piano school i was i was still Ooh. a teacher when i moved to sydney i was because i was like because that's the thing like you mm. when you're in the performing arts you're always thinking about income because you're like well <laughs> I'm probably not going to make millions straight away. I'm going to have to keep doing the teaching thing. And I, and I loved teaching. I've always loved teaching. I've been a teacher for about um, six years. I do think you'd be uh, a great teacher. teacher. I'm like, I feel <laughs> that vibe, like that supportive encouragement it's, vibe. Yeah, it's, it's very much, it is, I think it is a really rewarding job. And I definitely felt very fulfilled. And honestly, if TikTok had never happened, I probably would have felt extremely uh, fulfilled to do that for the rest of my life, really. I probably mm. would have gone into it full time. But um, yeah, Chaser, they called me. They Ooh. literally called me and they were like, come work for us. And of course, you know, I've been absorbing, I've been watching Chaser because again, if my mum let me listen to Tim Minchin at 12, 13, she obviously let me watch Chaser. True. <laughs> um, again, a choice on her part. But uh, yeah, I, I had been watching The Chaser for years and years and years and, and when that job was offered to me, I, I don't know what it was. I normally wouldn't be so 
um, flippant about just leaving a job and going to another mm. one. Like my dream's coming true. I really don't believe <laughs> that kind of thing. But this one just felt so once in a blue moon to me that I was like, yeah. no, this is perfect. Like I have to do it. Um, so fun as weird. well. Like yeah as well it's a even like it's a you've done a lot of political tiktoks and different things like yeah i feel like when i when i saw that on your profile i was like fuck yes like yeah get in there gabby first of all like (laughs) love the chaser it is a bit of a cock fest though and i was like yes get in there well yeah and and i think the greatest thing about now working there and and like I can very very confidently say that every single person who works there has the exact same idea like they're all there like there are too many men here like they really they know (laughs) and they and they are some of the most open um really willing to try anything people like anytime I float an idea I feel respected and listened to and yeah now it's just about getting and I love that I'm in that space now because I Mm. can say things like hey we should get this person in or this person and really bring um my ideas to the table which is which Mm. i know sounds really like virtue signally but it's kind of like i just feel really great that they're not just it's not just like oh we need Mm. a woman it doesn't feel like it's good because it's like they're evolving whereas a lot of other um like australian platforms are just like yeah nah, we're gonna start the same forever yeah. so it is it is good to hear plus as well like just the fact that it's like gen x's are like actually noticing gen z's or millennials you're like yeah yes good job thank you for and the it's, invite it's, <laughs> it's so bizarre too because like all of that satire that i just i mean the way my tiktok account started like all that ospol stuff um was sort of what i started doing it was all just a distraction from songwriting. None of it was meant to be my <laughs> career ever. And so the fact that like, I feel like it's really cool that a platform where I was just being 100% myself um, and saying what I wanted to say, because at that point I was like, no one's gonna find me here, uh, <laughs> um, has led to like a career, which is really amazing. Cause I don't feel like I have to be, you know, anyone else. Yeah, you're just being yourself and like being celebrated for it. But also like your thoughts, your ideas, your jokes. It's like, hey, there's this huge portion of young Australians who are like, fuck, yeah, that's true. That's fucking true. Agree with that. And I think um, because I remember when I first saw you on TikTok, I was like mid lockdown. I'm like, yeah, like, who am I? And it was me. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I was literally like, what's going on, man? And um, yeah. I said the same to Sam Andrew, Andrew when I talked to her because I was just like, who knew that like seeing a JV Hi-Fi TikTok would just fucking bring me back to life. And seeing you like <laughs> doing political ones, I was like, yes. And I, I would send them to my mom and she's like, um, okay, hello, this is, we need this. So that's kind of going to the chaser. It's like, who would have thought? But also like, fuck yeah, that's the perfect segue um, yeah. for all things political. Um, speaking of that, um, having a huge like whoop on social media for like you as a person and like mentally, um, how does that feel kind of, cause obviously there's gonna be a lot of like <laughs> hateful comments and then like really lovely comments, but how has that been like for your mental health and like what's the worst thing about kind of going viral and then what's the best thing 
I think the worst thing is the, like, the unpredictability of how quickly you get sucked in. Because, mm. I mean, for me, I was, I think I was at my purest, funnest form just before Ratatouille cool because I had like this pocket of 20,000 followers on TikTok, which to me mm. was massive. It still is a huge following mm. to me at the time. And they were all following me for the thing that I was just doing, which was Ozpol satire. And at the time I didn't feel any writer's block and I didn't feel like I was thirst for any kind of content because the government was just cooked all of last year. <laughs> True. And so, and so I was just sort of floating along, not really caring really. Um, because at that point, it was, nobody had really, like in the grand scheme of the world, nobody had really seen me. When Ratatouzical blew up, I loved that whole process and I had such an amazing time with the actual team when the whole musical came about. But like suddenly, I literally went to bed after mm. uploading it and the next morning I woke up to 80,000 likes on one video yeah. uh, with just, and like thousands of follows. My account went from like 20,000 followers to 40,000 followers in like a week Shit. and yeah and that's a lot and so you know and and because it was something as uh collaborative as the TikTok ratatouzical phenomenon yeah it's like people, international vibes yeah, yeah people made full like folklore and they were like arguing in the comments and they were saying no this song should go here or this song should be in it or this song shouldn't be mm. I was getting tagged in like thousands and thousands of songs and suggestions and dances and costumes and, and whilst uh, that's amazing and I, I low-key loved it because I was just like I just love seeing mm. all of this it, it does get really overwhelming and you do become very very conscious of everything you're saying and everything you're doing and it does get a little bit frustrating because the biggest frustration for me through that whole process was the fact that so many people did not realize I was Australian and so <laughs> And I know that sounds ridiculous. Where did they think you were from? Like South Africa? Well, <laughs> no, like like America. Um, because when it came to when it came to advertising the actual the real show that was coming mm. about, that is when it started to really take a toll. Because I was so excited, and I inwardly knew it was going to be something amazing. Because I'm in the room with these emails, you know, and we we're mm. all chatting to each other, and like all the composers at this point, we were all talking and like getting really hyped up but we weren't allowed to say anything mm. to anyone. And so, you know, people who didn't know what it was would be up in my comments like, oh, and how are you going to be on stage with them? Like COVID's a thing and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I wouldn't be on stage with them anyway. Like I'm in another country mm. um, and people I mean, who- I Bathurst, like yeah, New I was York, literally, hello. <laughs> or like all of my videos were made much later because all of the announcements would be made at like four in the morning our time. And so when the cast list was announced, I remember because I found out at the same time as the world did. Wow. Um, well, actually like three hours later. So people, I woke up and my phone was just, why haven't you said anything yet? Like blah, blah, blah. And I literally <laughs> made a video the moment I woke up being like, you got to stop posting this stuff at four in the morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so yeah, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, that also garnered a lot of younger people because when you're making Ozpol satire it's not like there's a massive group of teenagers mm. rushing to that content but Ratatouille <laughs> brought like this massive horde of much much younger people so you do you feel like a real sense of responsibility and you start mm. to question sort of what you should be posting what you shouldn't um yeah. so yeah I don't know I had a bit of an identity crisis really I was kind of like when this whole Ratatouille thing's done like what do I do I'm like um, a, a huge, like I was a music theater kid and did like a Stedfords and shit. And yeah. 
I, when I was like COVID life seeing the Ratatouille school, I was like, oh my God, this is what I needed. This is what I needed. But when I saw like the, the people getting involved when they finally like announced everything, it's just like, yeah. this shit is fucking real. And that will definitely post COVID life. That will definitely be on Broadway one day. How does it feel? It must be like, cause you're obviously like comedy music or whatever, but at, at the heart, like you're a great composer and who would have thought you. like a song you've written, it's like, it's gonna have such a huge ripple effect. Like how does that feel? Um, It feels, well, it's, it's just like, it's just the most amazing honor really and mm. privilege that I, cause I mean, I am, a, I, I think I did quite well on that song, but if I like, it's right, that's that kind yeah. of thing where it's like, I guarantee you there are thousands and thousands of young people out there younger than me and better mm. than me that have written really good songs. And so I think for me, the main thing that was a real privilege for me was like, I don't want to say like proving that anyone can do it, but like <laughs> as a teacher, it was really cool. Yeah, true. You're like, sort of, I seriously did this. Like, I'm a teacher. And, like, <laughs> and, and when you're sort of telling high school kids to keep writing and like, cause a lot of mm. like the biggest issue with high school is when they're starting to write songs is every single person in their teens thinks that their songs are garbage. And the only way to get mm. past that point is to keep writing. Because when I was in my teens, even in my early twenties, my songs were garbage, but- Yeah, like, it's like the I 100 still, song rule. You've got to like write a hundred yeah. songs. And, and, and I still feel like that, you know, my Ratatouzical song could have used huge improvements on my part, but it doesn't really matter. I think the main thing that matters is that big companies and big names were looking at an app with people from all over the world mm. and picking purely based on, you know, what blew up out mm. of no, like it wasn't, it wasn't picked on an audition. Nobody mm. submitted anything. It was just what happened to gain attention, mm. which, you know, it, it becomes a question in, a, in and of itself really about what, like what I definitely, it's sorry to interrupt, but like no, that go, song go. is, it's definitely like hashtag Australia, hashtag tall poppy syndrome, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I, I think that like, that's a huge deal. And that song, <laughs> like I, I do remember seeing it and being like, that is it. That is it. That and it's like Ratatouille, 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 Ratatouille. Rat, 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 ratatouille. Yeah. I'm having one of those moments where I'm like, Ugh! um, like Sorry. I remember being so emotional as a kid watching it, and then yes. seeing all this music kind of come from it. It's like, oh, but moving on because I could just talk about that all fucking day. Like that was a <laughs> moment in the musical community. Um, it was wild, absolutely wild experience. So wild. Um, I always would, I always think this is a good question. When I do radio, I always ask these questions to artists, Ooh. but I'm like, if you could collab with any artist, who would it be? Oh, I mean, you can't say me. I know you want to. Okay. It's okay. All right. Damn. That's my, that's my list gone. What will I do? Um, I think, well, somebody I've always wanted to play. It's this stupid, stupid dream that I've always had is I've always wanted to play not perfect on stage with Tim Minchin. I don't know why, but that has been like a lifelong in my soul dream. Um, and I've also recently, I've been looking through like, I really just feel strongly about female collaboration and uh, queer collaboration and like just just people who don't get the airtime that should mm. 
um, diverse, diverse collab. And so I've sort of been going back through like my early 2009 sort of playlist. Oh, yeah. Like oh, that. yeah, Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> we love and those. So I, I really, really love um, Janelle Monet. Oh, yes. I, I don't think I'll ever collaborate with her because we are just in two different Nights worlds. Nights in the she, universe now, the seed is planted. Such a babe. What I love, seed? <laughs> I love Lizzo. Absolutely adore Lizzo. I mm. love Adele. Um, oh just because I feel like my vibe and Adele's vibe, I don't know whether we'd ever sing. I feel like the collab I'm actually dreaming of is just I want to party with Adele. Yeah, I like I just, just want to drink with her. <laughs> just have like a good oh. chin wag. I feel like she's, yeah. she's got it. Like she's got a that vibe. Up. Yeah. Um, Leanne La Harvis, an incredible Ooh. songwriter, and also Megan Washington and Kate Miller oh, yes. Heidke, like Aussie. But, but Bro, like just, you and just Kate Miller Heidke, that would just be like a moment. Just an Australian, Australiana. Um, love oh, yeah. song for an incel. It is, <laughs> it is love song for an incel, right? Yes. That's how we say. Okay, because I'm yeah. always like, I just think of the word um, incel and I'm like, incel, incel. Um, but yeah. that song, I, uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunately very relatable content for me in real oh. life, even though that's oh, <laughs> like, it's just, and you, the, I saw a video of you performing it live at like some Sydney night. Sorry, I'm saying, oh, yeah. I'm like, what is Sydney? Um, yeah. but like Hamish, Blake, and yes. like some other comedian. No, there's a lot was, of other good people. That um, was the uh, the Rational Fear um, podcast. Your comedic episode. timing doing that song live, <laughs> fucking brilliant. That song, <laughs> hello. When when did you like write that song? And obvious inspo, but like just for our listeners who may not know. I actually started writing that. So I wrote like sort of the first verse, sort of September, October last year. And then I didn't touch it because I was like, I don't have a musical comedy career. Why am I bothering with this? <laughs> and so I put it away and I kept the lyrics. And then Dan Illich, who runs the Rational Fear podcast, sort of messaged me in like probably December being like, what are you doing on this date in February? And I said, I don't know whatever you want. And he said, well, we're doing the hundredth episode show. You're going to come and perform. It's going to be great. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And I didn't know that people like Hamish Blake and Chris Taylor and Yumi Steins and Alice Fraser were going to be there. I just thought it was going to be like sitting in a row podcast. next to you. Yeah. It was, it was my first comedy gig. That was my first oh. comedy show. Dude, my first comedy gig was someone being like, get your tits out. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Killer. And now yours is like, let's just get a row of like really like people who have been performing Seasoned for a comics. Long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was oh, pretty dude. fucked. And so and so I he sort of messaged me and he was like, uh he called me actually and he was it was mm -hmm. probably about five days before the show. Maybe a week actually. Um and he was like, Do you wanna do four songs? And I just stupidly, because I just say yes to everything. I have this yeah. compulsion to accept everything and then admit defeat later. So I was like, yes. And then <laughs> I had basically what I can only consider to be a four day long panic um, where I didn't write anything. I was just freaking out because I was like, I'm not a comedian. What the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Blah. And yeah. then pretty much two days before that show, I wrote love song for an incel and finished it with my good friend and roommate Emma and um just because I love I, I really I'm really horrible at like 
writing solo. If I write something, mm-hmm. I have to immediately bounce it off somebody else. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of like the writing, but I have to like prove that it works in my head to somebody mm-hmm. else before I perform it for a crowd. And so I sent it to her and she helped me with some of the wording and I sent it to Dan and he found it really funny. Um, but it was like a five minute 30 song and I was meant to keep my songs under like three minutes because it would be like an hour long podcast, but he, he let me do the whole thing. And, and it just kind of came out. It kind of came out really quickly. Like mm. we wrote it very quickly. Once Maybe you're that- like you work well under like a bit of pressure, a bit of a time limit. Like you just yeah. get a good I have to have deadlines. I've noticed. Mm. I mean, even, even today I wrote a song that I'll be performing tomorrow night because Gabby. I, I just need, I know, but I, I, because the thing as well is that often I have to go off what's topical or like what's on my mind yeah. at the time. And so it's a terrible habit, but I feel like it's the only way I can it's write It's working now. though. It though It's fucking working. It did it straight line. Okay. Yeah. I got a lot of questions, but they all did seem you? to be like the same vibe. So sorry, <laughs> like everyone, but like- that's okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions I feel like I probably kind of in my own questions, like I got these questions rolling in. I was like, that's my fucking question. Okay. Great. I this Great. is my thing. But the main one was like, which is something that I, I feel bad asking because I'm like, no, no pressure. Um, but in like the next five to ten years, what is your kind of goals within your career and like what do you feel like is next for you and that kind of vibe i well the problem with my career to this point was that before tiktok i did the whole thing that you're supposed to do which is the five-year plan and like you know in four years i want a manager and in five years (laughs) i want my second debut album and i want to have a tour and like you do and i I think there's nothing wrong with with dreaming and prepping and planning that way Mm. but all it did to me because I just suffer from just the world's worst case of imposter syndrome where I'm just one day I could feel like the most confident person ever and the next day I'm like you're a fuckhead why did you feel like that ever you're an idiot. <laughs> like why did you feel like you could ever do that Relying and it's cool yeah. Yeah. yeah so and so you know the, the beauty of what happened with TikTok is I kind of just ignored the plan like most people did in 2020 and said yes to whatever came my way because I was bored mm-hmm. really um yeah. and the weirdest thing about that for me personally is that it just kind of made things in my life mm. like I mean I'm Sydney which is not something I really I would be doing um and I moved here with my partner and it's, it's all sort of working mm. out well I got a job at Chase like all of that mm. is just because of I'm really just floating through existence at the moment. I don't really feel like I have a plan, but you I know suppose what? the one thing it's I would love to do. It's yeah. working. Yeah. I definitely I'm going to live um... in ignorance until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> um, but I, I guess like the one thing I would like to have in the next 10 years is at least one really well-crafted show. Like, I think mm. I would like to do a comedy show because I've done a lot of like, a lot of like, performance on panels which is really good for me at the moment because I it's not like the whole pressure of having to do an hour-long show Mm. but it gives me the experience with working with crowds and working with other comics which I've been so grateful for but yeah I really want to do just my own show and I want to take it to all the festivals I think that's like Mm. a goal that I'm gonna do between now and years away from now um which is you know hopeful that and have somebody answer my emails for me I don't know whether I'll ever work with that 
Fuck, <laughs> man. Seriously, that's the drone. That's the oh. drone. Um, but I'm yeah, no. So like, trash at admin. <laughs> oh god, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. You, I know that. I know that inside. Um, no, that's really great. And like, fucking, I think it's like female comedians in Australia, female mu- musicians. Like we. Definitely, like, I would love to see more females getting into musical comedy. So, like, the more you're just killing it, you're just kind of opening doors for the for the Gen Zs to just get in there. Even though it's like, it's a bit late, Australia, like, could have fucking yeah. got that done a while ago. And, and I'm sure there are thousands and Come thousands Come to Melbourne. Yeah, no, there is heaps of musical comedians, but it's definitely it's just, It like, just needs yeah. the platform. It needs, mm. the, it needs the uplift from everyone who's already... Hell up, to up. the air. Fun the ABC. Okay, anyway. Fucking yes. <laughs> fucking yes. Like, seriously, guys, yeah, I swear to fucking God, um, it's yeah. that's a whole podcast I could make. Fun the like, arts cunt. No. Yeah, actually, fun the arts cunt. That actually might be the title <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> like, I'm not sure because it's so true though. It's, it's so, so funny important. though because like people probably people assume as well because you've like gone viral. They're like, you must have so much money, and it's like. Mm-hmm. No. I, I I can literally prove to you I won't because it'll give me my bank details on the internet. But like I have two dollars fifty in my account right yeah. now yeah. because I just paid retro. And like and the other thing that people assume too is like the one difference I find between TikTok fame and any other social media platform fame is that when you're massively followed on TikTok, even mm. like not even I'm not even talking like what I have. I mean people who have mm. millions of followers, people will just assume you have management. Mm. I have no management. I have no media training. I have mm. no fucking idea how the world works. I don't know how That's the harsh. entertainment industry works. And so, yeah. yeah, like I just, I really, the more people, because the thing that I've been really grateful for in comedy particularly, and I don't know why I didn't expect this, but the amount of comedians who are just willing to help. Like, I don't know yeah. whether it's just that I have only encountered this many comedians and there's this many, mm. but I the ones I have met and come across in my life have just done nothing but help. Like when I text them and go, I don't know what to do when this company wants to do this and I don't know mm, what to do. They just mm. immediately text back or give me a call. It'll be like, let's go get a coffee and talk about it. You know, it's just really nice. It's because, yeah, they're... it's like such a struggle. Like you can have so many people telling you like what to do and not what to do. And a lot of people yeah. will be like, that is literally not funny at all. And then there'll be like yeah. five people like, that's fucking hilarious. Hilarious. And kind yeah. of like, oh, well, okay. And it's kind of like, yeah. you've got to make mistakes. But yeah, managers are chill. We love a manager, but also you're yeah. killing it. You've been replying to my emails real fucking quick. <laughs> quick, quicker than a lot of people fucking do that have managers. I know they're not listening, so I don't give a fuck, but there's a lot of PR people who don't fucking reply for like four days. And then I'm like, I'm not good enough. And then they reply and I'm like, oh, hi, hello. How are you? Says says is here. What's up? Um, it's more that if I don't reply immediately, that thing is I forget about it completely and I go to bed. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where you wake up at like 1am and you're like, I need to reply to that email. I forgot. Yeah. That's like me paying Optus, but like a year later, like, oh. Whoopsie, can't do that. Can't fucking do it. Um, Me. Oh, my God. But, yes, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And thanks for having me. So good to talk about musical comedy as well. Like, 
talk to Sam Andrew about it, talk to Leo about it. And it's like, Sam is a babe. We've got all these vibes. Like there's all these young people like reviewing journal, journos, musos, everyone who's like, let's fucking just get this shit done. So I feel like the vibes are there. Manifestation for you, just fucking, it will have, like, see what happens. Like, yeah. if anyone is like an advertisement for not manifesting, it's you. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that's what's really funny is like people are like maybe through doing your work you've actually manifested your career and I'm somebody who I don't even believe in star signs like I'm literally yeah. like no I think I'm just very lucky I think I just got incredibly you should lucky. definitely here I am <laughs> you should do this but like star sign song hello like I have one in the works but okay. if you want to talk to somebody about star sign songs you should talk to Ali Calder this is a song if you're a Taurus and you break up with someone. Don't expect these to be good. I just need you. Oh, yes. I saw her. So funny and so talented and very witty. We just need to really, do like, really a, like a female musical comedy variety tour, show. Tour, tour, tour. Melbourne, Perth, yeah. Adelaide. Mm, mm. Although, yeah. like... And, and also an incredible... Um, non-binary comedian uh who just did melbourne as well lou wall just did the most amazing and, and musical comedy um a lot of like sort of it's very like av gen z vibes mm. um and incredibly funny uh she just did a show oh sorry they just did a show like uh how how i joined the illuminati or something i'll have to look oh at the title but but yeah, Lou, well, I'll send you some links. Sorry, this is totally probably not a part of your podcast. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you, you for coming on. Um, also, fun the arts cunt is yes. something that I will manifest. I will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put that somewhere. I feel like that could totally be a bumper sticker. I'm like getting all these ideas now. Merch, merch on the arts cut. Um, ABC, give me a fucking job. I know so many people who work at the ABC and I'm a little bit fucking pissed off that they haven't. I, I went for the triple J job that Leonardo got. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. But I'm so happy Leonardo got it. <laughs> I'm happy it's for you, so Leo. And I'm really happy with <laughs> No, no. Okay. Sorry, right. our time will come. Our time will come. will come. All right. Well, Bye thank ball. you for coming on. And like, <laughs> um, definitely going to try and because my sisters live in Sydney. So I will try and oh, time yes. coming when you do a show and be like, what's up? And yeah, I won't absolutely. heckle you though, but I'll No, you it. go for it. Heckle me. It's fine. <laughs> I interviewed her. I know what's you, up. Fun the you arts can be, <laughs> You can be a plant for the song that I write about hecklers. Dude, I was just, I don't know if you know Susie saying this, but I was just talking. No. Oh, she's like this TikTok um, muso girl. She's fucking great. But I was talking to her about what was it yeah she was like you're the perfect person to like be like a like a hype man at someone's gig but everyone i know is like really solo musicians so i'm just like <laughs> listen up and then it's like Hello, man. and i'm like fuck like i need a fucking job but this country's not providing for me brother i need it yeah you do you need a hype man absolutely oh. always always people always ask me to MC, but it's like always like some really heartbreaking shit and i'm like oh this is a lot how am i pick not gonna up the make vibe. <laughs> pick up the vibe everyone's crying and i'm like stop being little bitches let's go <laughs> haven't you been here before <laughs> anyway okay okay 
All right. <laughs> I'm like, um, it's so hard as well because this podcast is in the improv um, category and people are always like, do you really improv? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking yep. crazy bitch. Like, give me a fucking <laughs> break. Um, but that's how I'll end this podcast. Funny arts cunt. Um, thank you so much for coming on and definitely well, if you don't know Gabby Bolt, I mean, have you been living under a fucking rock? Um, most people, most of the listeners are very much into like the internet vibes. So nice. Yeah. But thank you for coming on and have a lovely little night. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me.